Good Sunday, brothers and sisters. Welcome, non-believers. Glad you tuned in. I hope you're going to get something today out of this message coming in and listen to the past Sunday episodes as well. Always remember, God is great each and every day, each and every way, and through Jesus Christ. That relationship that you have with Jesus, it's not a religion, it is a relationship. You become a follower, someone who wants to be like Jesus. Oh, I am one of those. I fall short all the time. I am not perfect in any stretch of the imagination, but I try. I try to live righteous. I try to live in a godly way. I try to live as Jesus lived. I try to apply the Ten Commandments in my life. When I fall short, the Holy Spirit lets me know about it, and it convicts me, and I repent. I pray to God for the forgiveness of how I have fallen short and how I have sinned against His moral law. The Ten Commandments all are the moral law of God. And a lot of people, you know, they they want to go to God and, and ask for all these things instead of praising him. Praise God. Thank God for everything that he's done for you. Because if you're living to hear this right now, you are blessed above many others. Because every single day, over 140,000 people die and are not living like you and I are. So be thankful for life. Be thankful for God that give you life. Thank you for God for loving you. Thanking God for never leaving you. Always being there for you and being with you. If you will just slow down and listen. Got a little message right here for a lot of us that need to hear it. Because if you are a Christian, you need to be a doer, not just a hearer. In the book of James, it says that. In the book of James, in in the first uh, chapter right here, it says, starting from verse 19, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engraved word, the, I'm sorry, correction, the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. And here is James 1.22. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straight forgetteth what manner of man he was. So important to understand who you are and be comfortable with that. And as a person, as a man or a woman, pursuing your relationship with Jesus Christ, that's who you are. That's your identity. All the other things that you are doing in your life, if you are a nurse or if you're a teacher or if you're working at a gas station, those are what you do in life. That's what you are to do your work for God in. 
is in those places you carry your faith with you and you talk to people about Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing that we're to do as Christians. And let me play this right here. Hope you have a great rest of the day. God bless you. And for those who don't know Jesus, get to know him because he will change your life. Amen. Amen. ...of gaining wealth. They suppose that gain is godliness. The tragedy is that most in this category couldn't care less that the world is going to hell. They are guilty of the crime of depraved indifference. Well-known atheist Penn Gillette said these powerful words about professed Christians who don't bother to warn the lost about the reality of hell. And I've always said that I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell, and people could be going to hell and not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think it's not worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward, and then he said this amazing statement. How much do you have to hate somebody to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? If I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. Do you give any credibility to the Bible at all? Have you ever read it? I have read portions of it. If you're not a Christian, if you're not trusting in Christ, you're two-thirds of a person. You're made of a body, soul, and spirit, according to the Bible. Your body's the machine. You've got cameras that you look out of. You've got an amplifier that you speak out of. And you've got a computer that makes everything work. That's your body. Then your soul is your self-conscious part, the error of your emotions and your will. But your spirit is your God-conscious part. Because your spirit's dead in sin, the Bible says, you're not conscious of God. Do you think the Bible is credible when it tells you you can find everlasting life? It's weird how he says that you can only have everlasting life by like doing like good deeds or like you have to be good. The Bible says the opposite. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, this is what it says. It's not by works of righteousness that he saves us, but according to his mercy. I'm going to tell you why the Bible says we die. Death is wages. Did you know that? No. It says the wages of sin is death. In other words, God is paying you in death for your sins. Do you think you're a good person? Yes. Okay. We're going to try and get rid of that. Go to the 10th commandment. Have you ever desired something and belonged to somebody else, something the Bible calls covetousness? Yes. Okay, you've broken the 10th. If you kept the first, it says you shall have no other gods before me, and that actually means you should put God first in your life, and you should love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, because he gave you life. Before everyone else? Yeah. Do you love God above everything else? No, I wouldn't say that. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yes. Have you lied and stolen? Yes. So here's the summation. You're not a good person, you're just like the rest of us. You've told me that you're a lying thief, a blasphemer, and Jesus said if you look at a woman with lust, you commit adultery in your heart. Have you ever done that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Had sex out of marriage? Yeah. You've earned your wages. You've told me you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating, adulterer at heart. So if God judges you by those commandments, we looked at five, on judgment day, will you be innocent or guilty? Oh, guilty. Heaven or hell? Mm. Well, with forgiveness, no. I would be going to heaven, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but how can you get forgiveness? Isn't it just praying away? No. You know, but you don't value it. Have you heard of Jesus dying on the cross? 
Yes. What does that mean to you? How because he died, he got like a huge community now of all these people worshiping him. The gospel is what we're looking at. The gospel means good news. And the good news is this, that Jesus abolished death. That's what the Bible says. You and I violated God's law. We broke the law. Jesus came and paid the fine. God commanded his love toward us and that while we yet sinners, Christ died for us. He suffered in our place, paid the fine, rose from the dead, defeated death. It was not possible that death could hold him, the Bible says. And if you'll just simply repent of your sins, that is, let them go. Do you know what repentance is? Mm, not exactly. It's more than confession. A lot of people think it's just confession. It's when you're contrite or really sorry for your sins and you turn from them. You can't say I'm a Christian, but you fornicate and lie and steal and blaspheme. That's just playing the hypocrites. You have to be sincere in your repentance. And if you'll simply repent and trust in Christ, the Bible promises God will grant you everlasting life as a free gift. The scriptures say, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that gift of the Holy Spirit is everlasting life. The second you put your faith in Jesus, you've got God's promise. He'll forgive your sins. Every, all those secret sins, those sexual imaginations, the thing done in, things done in darkness, they're all washed away and forgotten in an instant. In fact, let me share something with you that's quite wonderful. The Bible says... He removes your sins as far as the east is from the west. It's an infinite distance. I'll tell you why. Yeah. You can find north and you can find south. You can go to the North Pole and you can measure the distance from north to south. But you can't find east or west. It's an infinite distance. And the Bible's very specific. When you come to Christ and repent, he removes your sins as far as the east is from the west. Totally annihilated. All those sins he washes away in an instant all because of what Jesus did on the cross. And then he legally grants you everlasting life. Like the judge will let you go because someone paid you fine. That's legal. God will legally grant you everlasting life as a he free paid, gift. He paid our fine dying on the cross? Yeah, he paid the fine when he died on the cross. Took our place. That's the good news of the gospel. And there's no better news you could ever hope to hear. You know? There should be millions lining up to hear the gospel, but people are too engrossed in the pleasures of sin because there's great pleasure in pornography and fornication and adultery great pleasure we're like moss to a flame but when you come when you come to christ god will change your heart so you love righteousness and you love doing that which is right and you've got the knowledge that death has no hold on you all because of god's grace is this making sense yeah it does i mean uh i have learned well, well what you're speaking about yeah i kind of understand a lot more from what i knew earlier when you first approached me you going to think about what we talked about? Oh, yeah, of course. I'm already thinking about it right now, yeah. Man, you've been so gracious to listen to me. Are you going to think about what we talked about? I will. The devil is real. And you know what Satan does? He blinds the minds of those that believe not. That's what the Bible tells us. He doesn't want you to get saved. He's, yeah. he's the enemy of your soul. And yet God has no pleasure in your death. And the only way you'll repent is if you acknowledge your sins, see your danger, and put your trust in Christ. Can you think of a... A crime where you go to prison for doing nothing? Oh, I have no idea then. Well, if you've got a rope at your feet and there's a man drowning in front of you and you could save him, but you just stand there and do nothing and oh, let him drown, you go to jail. Do you know what the name of that crime is? No. It's called depraved indifference. Yeah. Depraved means as low as you can get. Indifference means you couldn't care less. And the reason I've pleaded with you today is because I don't want to be guilty of the crime of depraved indifference. Your life is in terrible danger. You're not aware of it, and I'm throwing a rope to you and say, Maddox, please grab that rope. Put your faith in Christ. 
and he'll do the rest. He'll pull you to safety. He'll pull you out of death and he'll save you and change you and you'll be born again, new heart, new desires. So his word becomes alive. And not only that, you'll love righteousness. That's the miracle of conversion. When a sin-loving sinner begins to love righteousness, that's a miracle and it's your own personal miracle. And it'll show you that God is true to his word and you'll pass from death to life. So you're going to think about what we talked about? I will. You have a Bible at home? I do. Would you be embarrassed if I pray with you? No. Father, I pray for Maddox. Thank you for this divine encounter today. I pray that he will think seriously about his secret sins and he will tremble at the thought of sinning against you. Find a place in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can I give you a book I've written? Yeah. I really, I really like what you're doing. Say it again? I really like what you're doing. Is mine? Yeah. I'll read it. Okay, you'll, you'll read it? I will. Okay, that's wonderful. Great to talk to you, Matt. Great talking to you. When are you going to repent and put your faith in Christ? I mean, knowing me, I'd still willingly just commit more of the... What are they called? Sins. More, more, more of the sins. God will give you a personal miracle. What he'll do is create a clean heart in you that loves righteousness. Remember before I said you're only two-thirds a person until you come to Christ? When your spirit is made alive, when you're born again, then you become conscious of God, and God will give you a thirst for what's called righteousness or doing the right thing. And you'll realize because God gave you life, he should be first in your affections. The eyes you see through are a gift from God. The brain you're thinking with is a gift from God. Your breathing is a gift from God, life itself, so you owe him everything. All the loved ones, your dog, you know, the freedom of this country, the blueness of the sky, the sound of birds, the sun rising, all of, all of it is his goodness to us. And so that'll change everything, and you'll just long to do that which is right. Now, you'll still have a sinful nature. You'll still be tempted to look at porn and do things that are wrong, but the Holy Spirit will help you overcome those weaknesses. The Bible promises that. It says this, there is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful and will, with the temptation, make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That's a Bible verse. So you're going to get temptations, but God's going to make a place where you can escape. You know, some woman says, hey, come and get in the sack with me. Well, there's a door that says exit on it. You can run out. Well, that's what Joseph did in the Bible. He was tempted to commit adultery, and he ran. And the Bible says flee fornication. And it's because with the pleasures of sin comes death and hell. And that should put the fear of God in you. So you've, you've made my day, Jordan, being so open and honest. Um, I want you to really think about this with the thought that you could die tonight in your sleep. God forbid, but how old are you? 18. Yeah, tonight. You just wake up dead and everyone says, wow, I thought he was healthy. He looked healthy. He had a bad heart. Happens all the time. 150,000 people die every 24 hours. So the Bible says God commands all men everywhere to repent. It says today if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart because you're going to be tempted by sin. Just get somewhere quiet and say, God, please forgive me. Wash me. I put my faith in Christ. And when you do that, you'll be made a new creature and you'll wake up in the morning with a brand new heart, new desires. Happened to me over 50 years ago and I'm still shocked at the radical nature of conversion. Would you be embarrassed if I pray for you? No. Father, I pray for Jordan that this day he will consider his secret sins and realize that he shared them with you a holy God and your wrath abides on him may he fear you and may he depart from sin with your help and be converted be born again with a new heart and new desires please help him to understand your love expressed on the cross your holiness that was also expressed through that cross in Jesus name we pray amen can I give you a gospel of John yeah of course Do you know what a gospel of John is 
Uh, I know of a gospel. <laughs> the reason it's bundled like money is it's more precious than all the money in the world because it tells you how to find everlasting life. What did you say? I said, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> you going to read it? Of course. That really is a shock, though. I was here trying to open it. <laughs> hey, good to talk to you, Jordan. Yeah, of course. Good to talk to you, too. Thank you. Yeah.